Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm joined by Washington left tackle Charles Leno Jr. as we discuss getting ready for training camp, why he's so excited about his new team, something his O-line coach did that surprised him and pleased him, and also about his work in trying to bridge a gap between the community and the police. Leno is doing much more than just talking, and he's coming from a strong point of view, and I think you will enjoy this interview. You can read my work on ESPN.com, of course. On Saturday, my long-awaited Samus Reyes piece will run. I say a long-awaited because I think I've teased this a couple times, and it details his journey from Chile to the NFL. I will have a podcast with him on Sunday, and it was a really good interview, very insightful about not only his journey, but also as a from a football perspective, where he felt he was at as minicamp was ending. And, you know, so I think it was a, an insightful interview. Before I share my conversation with Charles Leno Jr., I did want to discuss for a minute defensive tackle John Allen and his contract situation. There was chatter about it possibly getting done before training camp. And as of now, I would say it's probably at best a 50-50 if it gets done before camp or not. I think it's been well communicated to the team what it would take to get it done, or at least the neighborhood. So I don't think it would be hard to close that gap between now and the start of camp. To be honest, I can see it going both ways. And even if it doesn't get done, it doesn't mean talks will end. That's a key point. I do think Washington wants to keep Allen. I do know that he wants to be here. I do know that Washington can't give lip service to wanting to keep certain guys and then not get those deals done. It's a bad look if you lose guys like Brandon Sheriff and then John Allen. With Sheriff, I know that they wanted to make him the highest paid guard. I think they were kind of behind. They got put behind the eight ball a little bit because of when they came in. But the, And the tag money makes it difficult to start anywhere but at that $18 million figure. With Allen, the trouble is there's a range of defensive tackle money, and it's a hard spot to pile up big-time numbers especially in this defense with what he was with what those guys are asked to do inside. There are guys like Aaron Donald and DeForest um, Buckner making around 22 million. Leonard Williams is being paid as a 3-4 defensive end and he's in that 22 million dollar neighborhood as well coming off a double digit sack season. Green Bay's Kenny Clark is at 17 and a half million per year. My sense if Washington wants to get it done, they have to be they have to be above that number. Um, how far above? We'll find out. The hard part for Washington is that Allen doesn't need to have a strong sense of urgency to get a deal done. He'll make $11 million a season, so he doesn't have to sign for anything other than what he wants or thinks is fair. That money buys him leverage, just like Sheriff has leverage because of the the franchise tag. Plus, Allen knows if Washington wanted to keep him, he would have to tag him for the following year, and that would probably be in that $18 million range, and then he could hit free agency the following year and cash in. He also knows that if he has a big year, he could command a much higher amount because that salary cap, of course, will be going up. And I would say for Washington, if they truly didn't want to pay him a certain amount, it should have looked to trade him, be- trade him before Frazee or the draft. And I'm quite sure that they knew before that period what it would take to sign him. That's why I think the fact that they didn't trade him kind of suggests to me that eventually they would get it done. Um, don't know that for sure. Um, but that's why, like, that's why, like I said, if they really wanted to, 
if they really didn't think they were going to get it done or going to give them the number that would get it done, then that's the time where you would have traded them. So I think there's still some wiggle room in their negotiations here. Allen is a pro, but I'd be a, but if I'm him, I'd be a bit, bit miffed if you know the owner likes you and you know that the team considers you a selfless player, but yet it hasn't gotten done. And not that it's not gotten done. I don't even know. I don't even know how really close they are. But again, I think that gap can be bridged pretty quickly. The fact that they didn't trade suggests they understand the dollar amount they eventually have to reach. It would be a bad look for the locker room if they allowed both these players to leave. Both do what you want in terms of approach, leadership, and play. That doesn't mean you cave in and give players whatever they want. You do have to set a, a, a you do have to set a value for each guy. But it does mean that it's hard to keep painting a picture of the guys you want to keep, and then allowing those exact types to exit. I believe Washington knows all this and has been slow playing things, negotiations. But the proof will come over the next week. And again, doesn't mean the talks wouldn't continue if nothing gets done. But it does mean if you like this wrapped up by camp, then get going. Okay, that's it for me. After this break, I'll be back with Washington left tackle Charles Leno Jr. Why it's important for him to get more involved in bridging a gap with the police. His goal is to work with them, not chastise. And his early impressions of Ron Rivera and Chase Young. I think you'll enjoy it. Let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. On Underdog Fantasy, you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Charles Leno Jr. I do want to start with some football since that's right around the corner. And I'm curious for you, 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 you change teams, you have a newborn. What's life been like for you since May? Really good. Really good. Yeah. It's actually been pretty damn good. Yep. Got a, yeah. I mean, got a new baby. Yep. New team. Everything's been going well. Um, I went there for, you know, mini camp in the last week of OTAs. That went really well as well, beating the guys and, you know, understanding the playbook and things like that. But really understanding the playbook is that's so-so because, I mean, I had five, six right. off coordinators. You know, that's that's nothing. <laughs> really, it's about, like, meeting the guys and, you know, just getting a feel for the place and, you know, finding a place to stay and doing all that. I mean, that was that was nice. And then when I got back here, um, been packing up the house. Like, I got boxes everywhere. Um, got some movers coming on Thursday and I'll be hitting the road on Saturday driving down. So yeah, it's been cool. going rough. What was it like though, to go from being released 
to getting a team to having a baby? What were the, that, that period like? Was it crazy? Was it emotional? What was it like? Uh, having a child is always emotional. Sure. Uh, getting released, yeah, I would say it was, it was caught me off guard, but I wouldn't say it was really emotional. Because in this in this league, being in the position I'm in, you know, being in on the on the field, you got to have you know uh, a, a forget it type mindset. You know what I'm saying? You got to be real, really good at compartmentalizing, and I think I'm pretty damn good at that. So that was something that just you know it happened. You know, I had to accept it for what it was, and you know after that, just on to the next, trying to figure out the different options I had. And Washington came calling and let me know what they wanted from me, and we made it happen. Why do you, have you always been good at compartmentalizing? And if so, why, where do you get that from? Uh, yeah, I've always been good at that. And I think football, football really helped me um, compartmentalize. I remember my coach in college always talking about it. You got to be able to, you know, be, be where your feet are to be here now. He always talked about be here now. So, you know, whether you're on the football field, you can be on the football field, but don't forget, don't worry about anything going on outside of the football field because you're not, you can't control that right now. What you can't control is where you're at. And when you do go home and when you do go to see your kids or you go to school, been in college, uh, be where you are right then and there, you know. So that was something that always, you know, stuck with me. You have a coach now who loves that phrase, be where your feet are. That's one of Ron Rivera's pet phrases. Have you, what, what sense, even though you only here a short time, what sense did you get from him, from being around the team? What was that? What What did you come away with from that period? Uh, yeah, he's just he's a coach that you know clearly he understands the game really well because he played it first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But he just understands, you know, culture and environment and you know how how to run things. That's one thing that I can see from that he that he that he harps on, and I think that's one thing that he's you know trying to establish there. And that's one thing that he's actually doing. So that's one thing I really like. What? How did you see that? Was it were there were there were there things that he was saying? Was there things that he was doing? How did you see that? Uh, just observing, you can just tell by how the team responds to him. You know, when he says something stern, he means it. The team listens; they respond. Mm. So that's one thing. Just by stepping back and observing, you know, clearly being in a different place, like players respect him. You know, it's, it's a respect level that's that's greater than, you know, from other places I've been. Is, is that, I was going to ask you, how normal is that? Uh, it, for me seeing that, I mean, different coach. I had three, four coaches, you know what I'm saying? So every coach is different. But just seeing that from him, yeah, I can tell it was just a little bit different. It's different from what, I, what, from what I've seen in, in the past, you know. How about working with Coach Matsko? I know you worked with one of his assistants in Chicago, and there are some similarities as far as what they teach. But what was it like working with him, even for that short time? Oh, right, good. Um, I think Coach Matsko is a great coach. But uh, besides being a good coach, and you know, when it comes to you know technique and you know getting the most out of a player, the thing I liked about him the most is he's he's a he's an honest coach, and you know he's very personable. You know, he's the type of coach that'll just pick up the phone and call you really? on a random. Thursday he called me like last week or something like that and just called me just to say what's up you know what I mean and <laughs> just not ask about football just see how the family's doing see how I'm doing you know just to check in and I really like that about him I don't I don't hear that too often from a lot of coaches is that was that unusual no I mean okay. that's that's like that's like uh well unusual for for him for an assistant coach for assistant coaches just to pick you up and say hey how are you doing that's pretty unusual yeah, okay. that's pretty unusual. Yeah, I don't get that often. Um, yeah, 
So when he, so when he, so when he, cool. Yeah, I'm sure you did. And so when he calls and does that, are you sitting there thinking, what's this guy want? Or was it, did it catch you off guard a little bit? And then say, oh, first it did. The first conversation, you know, the first time he called me randomly um, a few weeks, like months ago, actually, the first time he called, it was like, uh, what does he want? But after getting to know him and see what type of person he is, I mean, that's just what he cares about. You know, he's not a lot of things that, you know, he cares about in the world, but the things he does care about, he cares about them tremendously. And us as one of his players, that's one thing he cares about. What um, stood out about this line? Because they're, they've really kind of gone hard at turning over the line and get it, and adding depth. What stood out to you about being around those guys? Uh, really good dudes, guys that want to work hard, guys that want to get better. And um, the first and for, for, foremost, it's a really good room. Uh, you know, I I can just feel that. I can tell. Um, and, yeah, just a lot of talent all over the room. I'm talking about from, from – I mean, you want to call it top. That's the starting line all the way to the bottom, the second, third line, whatever you want to say. Um, there's really a lot, of, a lot of talented individuals in this room. One of the things that I've always heard about you is in the locker room, the kind of guy you are and how you bring guys together or just you have the, the effect you have in there. Has that always been something is you first of all, you feel like you're that's accurate that you're a guy who likes to kind of, you know, take either take guys under their wing or just you're you're you have a good presence in there. Where does that stem from? Uh, it stems from me, someone doing that for me. Um, when I first got into the league, um, I had a vet in the name of Jermon Bushrod. He oh, was yeah. a starting tackle before me. Um, he did that for me. And, you know, that that kind of gave me the the feeling of, wow, everybody's not, you know, it's just not all out for I'm here for myself. You know what I mean? Guys want to help. Guys want to see guys get better. And, you know, you got to be, first and foremost, as, as a young guy, you got to be receptive to it. You can't just be like, oh, this guy's, you know, so-so, whatever. You got to be, uh, you know, willing to. Um, and I was a willing, I was a willing person to do that, but you know, that just let me know right then and there. That's something I wanted to do. I want to pay it back, pay it forward, you know, for the guys behind me, um, that's coming up along, along the way in the league. And I'm going to do that, you know, for the rest of my career. I mean, that's just who I am. I love to see a guy succeed, uh, if they want it, if they work hard for sure. it. Did you, did you start to do anything like that in the spring or is that more just like, it's going to happen over time? Uh, I started to do a little bit of that in the spring, yeah, but I know for sure, like, I didn't want to just come in there and say, hey, this is what you got to do, this is what you got to do, you know, I'm trying to figure things out on my own as well, um, but when I see something, I'm going I'm to I'm speak up on it, you know what I mean, I'm going to tell a guy, you know, like Sadiq Charles or, you know, Sam Cosby, the two guys that I, I know for sure, you know, um, who are really receptive and really, really love the game of football and really want to get better. I'm always down to help them. You know what I mean? I don't, I really don't look at it as, you know, as a threat. I look at it more of, you know, helping and building the team. You know, the team is better. Everybody wins, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's, but it's, as you know, not everybody always has that attitude though, too. And that's absolutely so, not. Yeah. Um, what, what did you, did you get a sense going, you know, I don't remember how much you went against Chase Young in the spring and I know no pads. It's a lot different. But did you get a sense from him at all, just being around him on the field, what this kid can do? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I'm trying to think of my years in Chicago of, of a player, and I and I can't think of one right now. Offense, it's only one player that I can think of that brought energy like he has, mm. like ever in my career, and that's Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen has energy out this world. It's crazy. Wow. 
Yeah, but Chase Young has energy that's completely different. Like he, the energy that he brings, like he's just one of those type of players that's always talking, always vibrant. You know, what I mean, always upbeat, never really down. And then that's only for the for three, four days that I've known him. You know, what I mean, known him and seen him on the field. And then looking at him as an athlete, going against him as an athlete, yeah, we went against each other. Um, nothing he can't do. You know, nothing. I mean, he has it all. He has every single tool um, going against, you know, different guys across the league, practicing against different guys, high-level guys. I know he has everything that he needs to be, you know, one of the best rushers in the league. And, you know, with that work that work ethic and, you know, with that mindset and also the talent on top of that, sky's the limit for him. And can't wait to get back to work with him because I'm going to be helping him out and he's going to be helping me out as well. Sure. And one of my favorite things to watch in the summertime are those one-on-one drills, the pass rush drills and all that. When a guy has that kind of energy, how does that help others um, just even, you know, at all? How does it help you guys? Yeah, just you got to match it. You got to match where you're going to get exposed, you know, exposed or exposure. You know what I mean? It's one of those deals. So, um, yeah, just keep – you got to match that energy and bring it every single day. And that's something that you want in the team. If a team is able to bring it every single day, um, that means – no matter what the score is, that means no matter what the possession or no what the game situation may be, you always got to be careful because the team is never out. So I've read that you're very superstitious. Is that true? And if so, where does that really show up? I'm pretty superstitious, yeah. Okay. So what's what's do you have any like what's do you have a game day superstition? Do you have anything that? Yeah. You know? So in uh, Chicago, I, I have to find a place now that I'm going now I'm going to a different place. So in Chicago, Chicago uh, Stadium, Soldier Field was right on the lake. It was right, right. off of uh, Lakeshore Drive and right by the Shed Aquarium and like the Planetarium, all these like museums right there. Right. So every game day at home, me and my wife, we would drive down that, you know, where the aquarium, I forget which one it is, aquarium or planetarium, whichever one, but it's off of like the little museum, museum drive. Yeah, it's right there. And we'll get out and we'll walk down and you can see like the whole city of Chicago and it's right there on the water. And we'll get out and we'll say a prayer. And we did that for every game for like the last hmm. three, no, it might be four, four or five seasons. We did that for a long time. Wow. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's something that we, we did. And that was pretty superstitious. And, you know, it was something that, you know, kind of cleared my mind before going into the game. I'm a very mental person um, when it comes to, you know, clearing my mind and, you know, meditating, doing things like that before the game. Just want to have a free mind. Don't want to be thinking about anything. Just want to react. So, yeah, that's something that helped out. Well, cool. And there's some there's some areas around FedEx, not quite Soldier Field, yeah. the view and all that. But there are some areas around there. Um, what do you think you're going to add on the field here? Uh, just toughness, um, leadership, and you know, just a willing of and always always competing, never giving up. That's just my mo, man. Um, being, you know, a seventh round pick and making it this far in the league, I know what it takes to work hard in this league. I know what it takes to keep staying in this league. And I'm going to continue to bring that every single time. So one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you is you're doing, you were part of a video promoting trust between the police and the community and law enforcement and all that. Why? And I know I'm going to, you, I know you participated in an externship program a couple of years ago too. And I'll ask you that in a minute, but why did you want to participate in this video? What, what is it? What is your role there? Uh, so for me, it was more so, you know, the awareness aspect of it. They brought it to me and they asked me to do it. And I said, yeah, sure. I have some things to mention on it. Um, and the biggest thing in awareness was the community and the police was that I seen was trust 
You know, that's the that's the number one thing I noticed, uh, especially during that internship in Los uh, with the Los Angeles PD. That's one reason why I did it as well, because I had a little bit of background experience in, you know, dealing with the police. Um, but trust is so huge when it comes to police and community. Uh, once that trust is broken, it's so hard to get back. Um, and also, like, training and education for police officers. Um, you look at us as professional athletes. I like to say this all the time. Like, we spend so many hours training, getting better at our craft, you know, and we treat it as professional. We have that professional title as well. Um, no different than police officers. They're professionals as well. Um, but they're, they have lives at stake. Um, it, on, on, a, on a split second decision, they can take a life. So I think their training needs to be better in the terms of more hours. I think it should be more hours involved, all around the clock hours involved, you know, for police officers to continue to push their education, continue to push their training, you know, so they can continue to hold that professional title because if they only take, you know, however long it takes to be a police officer, I'm pretty sure, you know, sometimes, you know, we're putting in way more hours than that and we're doing nothing in comparison to what they're doing, you know, when it turn when in terms of saving lives and protecting lives as a, what they're supposed to be doing. Are, are, is, are you, are you interested in going into law enforcement when you're done? I got a background in criminal justice. So right. that's something that I might, you know, I've still been thinking about, um, I don't know if my I don't know if my girls will like let, want me to do that, but we'll see. They're not old enough to decide that, but when they do, they'll let me know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of different options that I want to go in. Um, just keep my options open right now uh, when it comes to terms of after football. Uh, that's something I'll be. I, I definitely have, will think about pursuing later on, though. But why is it important for you to be involved in these programs? Because again, this is this is not just right now. This has been going on for a few years for you. And if I remember right, you go back to when you were in Oakland that you had some police officers who actually helped you, kind of guide you a little bit. So why why do you like to be involved in in this? Uh, because for also I have family involved in in law enforcement. Okay, you know that's that's a big deal. Um, and I understand that there's. I just have a different understanding that there's very good police officers out there. You know, they get such a bad rap for, we can say a few bad apples, but it also is the training that I think is the biggest deal. I don't think it's a few bad apples. I think it's the training that's the biggest part. Um, I understand that. I, I see it uh, because, you know, you get, you take somebody out of an environment that they're not used to, you throw them in a completely different environment without the proper training and the proper um, trust you know, if I'm going into a completely different environment, you know, not where I'm used to and I don't have that trust and I get thrown in a situation where I don't know how to respond. I mean, I can't. It's, it's very tough to say that somebody won't react in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm so hard on the training. That's why I'm so vocal on that. And I just want to just, you know, being that being an athlete in the position I am not saying every athlete has to do it. But from what I know, I just want to, you know, spread the word and spread more light on that and let people know like hey this is this is a this is a issue and it needs to be talked about more and you went on those again you did that externship so you spent time with the LAPD what could like what were those conversations like and you know what did you learn from them what did they learn from you yeah so it, it was a good it was a good trip it was a good externship uh, I learned a lot of different things I learned that they are trying to be more proactive instead of reactive they actually are that's one thing i definitely learned uh they're they're actually 
doing more. So they were they did the body cams. You know, every officer is having has a body cam now. They invested into that. They invested into community based training. That means you know getting into the community and talking with the community instead of just going in there when it's a problem. No, just parked out there. You know, having games. You know, pick up pick up basketball. You know, just spending time in the community so kids 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 see you. They feel safe with you. You know, what I mean, they're trying to develop relationships. They're not trying to just be transactional, just go in there, do what they got to do and get the hell out of there. Um, that's one thing I've been learning. Um, so it's just a lot of different things that I learned, you know, throughout the externship. And what they learned from me was just you know, for me, I was more so just soaking it all in, just trying to ask, just trying to, you know, ask as many questions and just get gain as much knowledge. And, you know, what they did learn from me is it, it's damn near like football. You know, they got to work as a team in different aspects as well, too. Um, there are different, you know, seniority rankings and things like that just along on the team. So, you know, just just looking at that, it's, it's pretty, pretty similar, you know. And then you grew up in Oakland, correct? Yes. And that was was the nickname. It was Murder Dubs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not does not sound like a, you know, a, a, I don't know doesn't sound like it you know you're calling it murder dubs for a reason right and so how did that shape you as a person i think it shaped me as a person to always stay on my toes i've always been the type of person that's been very skeptical of people and situations i'm always aware it definitely made me a very aware person uh living in oakland um but it also let me know like you know just because that's where the area you're from doesn't mean that's who you are and also doesn't mean that that's the community that's around you. Right. So many great people in that community, in the community of Oakland, all across Oakland. Um, that's just the the area that it was called. That's the nickname that it was called. Right. Things like that. But I mean, like, it's so many great people in Oakland, so many great, you know, times that I had out there. Um, so, you know, they just, yeah, I mean, that's. That's it's funny that you mentioned that. I haven't heard that term in a, in a very long time, but it, it it's just that's just the name, and you know, it's just who I that's who I am, man. That's where I was born and raised from, you know. So it's well, just part one, of me. One thing I know about people from Oakland is they wear that like a bat. It's a it's it, they're very proud of it, and so I smiled when I saw the name of your daughter, and it's Oak Lynn L Y N N Callie. I'm like, okay, I you know, I I I forgot that you're from Oakland. I was like, well, he's an Oakland guy. Because yeah. you know it right there. So, like, there is that. I, I mean, everybody, I mean, whether it's Marshall Lynch and Josh Jackson, anybody I've ever met from Oakland has is a massive amount of pride for that right. city. Damian Lillard. You know what yeah, I mean? Dan, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, uh, Gary Payton. I mean, I can keep going, but, like, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of pride, you know. Um, it's a prideful city. You know what I mean? We, we when I was growing up, you, that's what – like it's funny that it's funny now like thinking about it when i was growing up you know what i mean like it was you you if you said you were from somewhere else in the bay area other than oakland you were like mm, you know what i mean <laughs> uh, you're not from oakland though you know what i'm saying so yeah, yeah it's definitely a prideful it's a definitely a prideful city because you know it's it's one of those it's, it's a different city you know it's a different feel it's a different environment that you get when you go out there um it's a tough area, you know, and to make it out of there, it's, it's, uh, it's very fulfilling, but also people don't forget, you know what I mean? So that's why we always go back and try to, you know, contribute in the community and always help out our community. Yeah. And that, like you said, that's the other thing I've always seen about everybody from there. They're going to go back and do things. Do you have anything that you do back there in particular or? Yeah. So when I, Oh, so I worked with this program called the okay program based out of Oakland. 
Um, it's a program that, you know, involves uh, black African-American kids in the city of Oakland, and they are getting mentored by different community leaders in Oakland, but also police officers, black police officers in Oakland. They're helping them out. And I worked with the NFL. We partnered up and raised money for that, for, uh, for that foundation out there. I work with them. I've been working with uh, different um, my, my man, Mike Jenkins. He's, he's out there. He owns his own, um, he owns his own gym out there. We've been working together. We've been trying to start something and getting more kids to get into the gym because what we think about is if you fail in the gym, it's like, it's like the mentality of if you fail, like doing a squat, fail doing a clean, um, you fail, it, it, it happens, but you got to get right back under the bar and do it again. It creates that toughness. It creates that mentality of I'm going to keep getting up and keep striving to, you know, get better and do better. So he has a lift us program that I'm that I'm going to be working with. And then also with my high school team, always go back to my high school team, donated jerseys to them, you know, always and, and talking to the football team. And I'm always back there. I haven't been back there in a while because of COVID and stuff like that. And with my girls. But um, yeah, when I do go out there, I always show love with my high school and stuff. My high school was in San Leandro, but it's right next to Oakland. So. And there you go. And that's but that also that little story t- explains why a guy who goes from Boise, seventh round pick who has now lasted a long time in the NFL. So last last thing, how anxious are you? How excited are you for training camp to get going? I mean, this team finished strong last year. There's some better expectations for this franchise than there have been for a while. What 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 are your thoughts as we get closer to camp here? Uh, personally, for me, I'm really excited. You know, I mean, uh, uh, after coming out there for OTAs in the mini camp uh, three-day portion, uh, come back here, just working out, getting in shape, making sure I uh, changed my mentality on, you know, I wanted to to have a new Charles Leno Jr. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be a new and improved version, and I want that to be shown out there. Um, so my mentality has been strong. I think it's one of the best off season I had. Uh, I feel really good uh, going into it really good, really healthy. Uh, my mental is really good. So I'm just excited to see where, where I, I can help this team, and I'm excited to see where we go. We just got to do – what we need to do on the practice field and in the meeting rooms, you know what I mean? And things will take care of itself. No high too high, no low too low. Just do our job, you know, stay hungry, stay humble, and things will take care of itself. Charles, I look forward to meeting you in person. It'll be nice to be back and talking to you guys in person, at least from the media. And I don't know for the players, maybe it'll right. be quite as much fun, but for us, it'll be nice to meet you guys and, and not doing all these things over zoom, but to see you in person. So I look forward to that. And I thank you for coming on. All right. Appreciate it. I have to say, you're really good. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, this is Joel Corey from Inside the Cap. I know you're enjoying the John Conn Report, which gives you insider access to the Washington football team. Everything you want you want to know, which is going on with the Washington football team. Once you're done with that, check out my podcast, Inside the Cap, which gives you the ins and outs of the NFL salary cap and player contract negotiations. Check out these two products and other fine podcasts from Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Charles for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back on Sunday with tight end Samus Reyes, plus my thoughts as training camp approaches. Talk to you next time.